Hello and welcome to another episode of The Clever Kids. This is a weekly podcast where three brothers take a look at a topic from popular culture that you may or may not care about. My name is Tyler. Brian here. And this is Jeff, the one that everyone actually cares about. Okay, Jesus, you always start the podcast with some like really, really deep, deep emotional messaging. And I really appreciate it, if I'm honest. Um, This week, we are actually going to try out a bit of a new format. Um, I had the idea of turning this podcast into um, sort of like a book club, but for like re-watching movies. So essentially every week, um, the idea will be that we're going to watch a movie and try to kind of explore a topic associated with that movie. This week, we watched a movie that Brian had recommended called Time Bandits. Uh, and yeah, so we're going to talk about that. Um does anybody do we want to do our kind of formatting where we we do like a quick non-spoiler review for this movie from like 19 um 81 81 yeah do you got want me to give the brief synopsis over again i think maybe just a sure yeah jump in so uh spark notes version time bandits is about these uh six dwarves who steal a map that uh, it's the only map in the universe that shows these like time um, rifts or something that allow them to jump through space and time into different eras of humanity where they have decided to leverage that ability to steal from uh, famous figures in history, uh, steal their gold and treasure. Um, They target Napoleon and Agamemnon from ancient Greece and so on. Um, And during their travels, they pick up a young boy from the present. I guess the present in this case would be the 1980s. And he's, you know, just an adventurous uh, adventurous little kid. And he ends up tagging along on all of their adventures. And they go, they have just a lot of crazy stuff happen. I think off the top of my head, uh, ancient Greece with Agamemnon, uh, the time of Robin Hood. uh, They visit Napoleon uh, during the height of his power the Titanic, they stop by to have a few glasses of champagne there, um, and so on. So, um, really uh, quirky, very early 1980s, so the visual effects are terrible, the continuity editing editing is even worse. Um, The storyline itself doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but at the same time, kind of a rip-roaring fun adventure, nonetheless, and surprisingly strong cast that includes, uh, you're going to have to help me out with this one, uh, Sean Connery as Agamemnon, Ian Holm, uh, who plays Bilbo in the Lord of the Rings uh, trilogy, as Napoleon, uh, a couple people from the Monty Python cast, uh, whose names escape me at the moment. Yeah, John Cleese. Um, then they also have Shelley Duvall, which is, she's from The Shining. Um, you have, yeah, Michael Palin, also from the uh, from Monty Python. It's just kind of a lot of just a lot of people in general to be honest yeah. um apparently uh i was reading about this last night also this movie was financed by george harrison from the beatles from the beatles um, wow yeah he was like so he financed the life of brian yep. also yep. i think um he's like really close with the the, the python so um that's not surprising because this was written by michael palin and terry gilliam and then directed by terry gilliam he also um, we want to. Oh, good. He also led the Beatles initiative of buying the rights to the film of Lord of the Rings and trying to get that made. Yes, that's true. And they were going to play the characters, yeah. which is it's. I just I need a documentary about that because <laughs> it just I don't want that movie to have ever been made. But I just want to know kind of their thought. I want to like I want to hear them. I wish we could go back in time and just hear their thoughts on it. Be like George hey, Harrison. Yeah. I'm playing Smeagol. I knew George Harrison was uh, memorable for a reason. Yeah, probably the only reason, actually. Yeah, Um, thank you for your contributions to some industry. George specifically. Yeah, appreciate that. Yeah, too bad he couldn't leave more of a footnote on uh, music. You know what I mean? Why didn't he spread out his talents? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Apparently, he was a really talented guitarist. No one will ever hear those recordings unfortunately they're lost of time but um yeah so quickly uh why don't we just go around say how we like this movie and if we think people should watch it i mean obviously i i guess the idea of this new format will be that we expect the people to listen 
who are listening to go back and watch the movies with us. But yeah, I mean, is it was it worth watching? I guess is the the question now. Jeff, what do you think? Um, it is tough to say. I uh, I enjoyed it. I I <laughs> I found it fun. Uh, it actually kind of reminded me of uh, an old movie that we used to own on VHS called Page Master. And it's kind of like this this jump around in, in literary works, you know, using a, a young child as the framework of the protagonist to uh, connect the viewers to it. Um, it was very strange to watch how quickly, like, the, the pacing of the film was what caught me off guard in the sense that uh, we spent a lot of time with, like, Napoleon laughing at puppets. Like a solid five minutes. Yeah. And I was like this is fascinating that this is what you guys chose to give your screen time to. Um, it's clearly been established in the first 30 seconds and yet we're still here. Um, and yet yeah, then we still just jump around so much. Um, no, I don't think I could recommend this movie. There's so much <laughs> uh, wrong with this film that, that makes it uh, <laughs> wild. I mean, if you're a fan of bad movies and you want to watch bad films, sure. This movie will cock you up, but um <laughs> We can get into um, the plot a little bit, oh, but sorry. my God, it's horrible. Go ahead, Brian. <laughs> I, um, I I guess I've already answered the question of whether I'd recommend this film. But yeah, uh, you liked it. I recommended it uh, last. Yeah. This is why we're talking about it right now. Well, you had only seen the first half of it last time we talked True. about it. True. I, I still so stand I'm by wondering. it. I think like the ending really was. <laughs> I think a lot. A lot. <laughs> I think uh, Page Master is a great comp. For this, uh, it was, I was just writing down other movies like Never Ending Story does this, Page Master yeah. does this. Remember yeah. that movie where the guy falls into a sewer and then uh, fights with some kung fu kangaroos? Remember that movie? Yeah, that movie was great. Legends or Warriors or something. Warriors, Warriors of Rue or something? I can't remember. Yeah, that called, was wonderful. It, there's just a lot of movies from this. It's like time one kid that gets plucked out of his time and yeah. then does something. Yeah, like. The this, Kid in King Arthur's Court, I mean, probably yeah, the best one. I yeah. 100% got a combination of Page Master vibes and uh, Alice in Wonderland, where she gets plucked out of her time and kind of does the same thing. And I, and the reason why I said Alice in Wonderland is because every time I've ever interacted with that material, book or film, I've thought, what was this dude on? And that he was famously on acid trips while writing that, wasn't he? Um, I Lewis think that's Carroll. like... It's like rumored that he was okay. on something, but like, I think like, he might there's have no way he produced this without guy. being on an acid trip. And like yeah. the moment that mild spoiler here, the moment that that ship rises out of the water and you see what it's riding on, I was like, what is this like story writer on man? Like who comes up with this crap? <laughs> but at the same time I was enjoying it every step of the way. So it, it, I guess what I'm arguing here is it's, it's a fun lighthearted watch. If you're not looking to dive into something too serious and yet I'm arguing for a remake with modern shooting techniques and, and such special effects and, uh, and yeah. special effects and such and with maybe a, a more coherent filmmaker with, yeah, with a serious tone. Like I, I, I don't want um, the, the dwarves to be c comedic relief. I want them to be the serious part of the film. I want them to show off some of that innovation that we saw them doing some of the skill. They had some cleverness. I want them to, like dial that up to a hundred, take away their clowning around, you know, goofy ignorance stuff. Cause it's, you know, mildly offensive at this point. Uh, and, or maybe, maybe it was always mildly offensive. I don't know, but <laughs> no. um, only now do they draw yeah. offense on that. Um, and I, I think that they could do something interestingly kind of, you know, like I remember we bring up this example a lot, but I, I remember when I heard about the guardians of the galaxy film, and to that point, we'd only really gotten a bunch of like Captain America, Iron Man level, like big time, suave, good looking, strong superheroes. And suddenly they're like, yeah, so this cast, there's going to be a tree that talks, but he only says one line. And there's going to be a raccoon that's super badass, but he's a raccoon, but he could talk too. And there's a green woman and there's a blue dude with an arrow. Uh, and I was like, what are we talking about here? Like, this is a terrible idea for a superhero cast and then they crushed it because it was this you know quirky cast that they did they just struck the right tone with and they struck the right theme with and they they made something out of it that people will love now 
And so now, I, I'm just picturing something like that with uh, with Time Bandits. To take that a step further, to take another ensemble cast that I know another one of us absolutely loved and watched multiple times is the most recent Suicide Squad. Sure. Right? I mean, you come through and you get Peacemaker, who's a straight-up duplicate of another character that they already have on cast, who that character is already a duplicate of the same character that we saw in the previous films. Now we've got three characters in the same universe across two films that all do the same shit, and yet that film is highly enjoyable. Right? I mean, you get this yeah. weird... And ad- to be... To be honest, so we already know that Taika Waititi is working on a remake of Time Bandits, right? Like, I already knew that before going into this. I didn't know um, that. Right. So, well, we just talked about it before the recording, peek behind the curtain. But anyway, um, Taika Waititi is working on a, a remake, and he's already offered the lead role to Peter Dinklage. Brian, before the recording, you had mentioned that you're, like, like you just said, you don't want it to be too much comic relief. But I do think that Suicide Squad is an excellent example of a, of a movie that can balance that those dramatic moments with a lot of like really absurdist comedy you know what i mean and i think that obviously that's a different director that's james gunn yeah but i think that taika Waititi is capable of of walking that line i don't think that he necessarily did it great in thor love and thunder but i do think that he did a good job of it in ragnarok um yeah i'm not worried about them um i don't think peter dinklage would sign on to a film where they were the joke you know, no, as far as dwarves sure go, I, I I would like to see that role reversed where they're the clever ones that are turning other people into jokes or, or whatever, you know, and they're I kind mean, of even in this movie, they were very clever. Oh, at 100%. least the one dude yeah. with the pirate. And that's the, where yeah, I'm seeing the opportunity hat. is like they show moments of brilliance and they and like they're always technically speaking in, in terms of this film, one step ahead of everybody chasing them and trying to get yeah. what they have. And so and I think the one chasing them is god apparently right exactly and the devil <laughs> and they're outsmarting and him. the devil and like in and, and so yeah. like like i think it's a great opportunity to just drum up their seriousness a little bit drum up their abilities a little bit and um explain that a little bit better but like it's what a great format for being able to do so because we haven't had too many films that are are you know deliver that to us so sure so i want to jump in and give my thoughts on this um so this movie was like terry gilliam at his most terry gilliamness like it was crazy like it's crazy this movie is so strange and if like i am a i wouldn't say a fan but i've seen probably almost all of his movies for some reason even though i don't know if i like any of them like i've seen the imaginarium of dr parnassus like six times i don't even know why probably just because it came out right after Heath Ledger died and so i was just like kind of sad about Heath Ledger dying and so i just watched it and then now it's like burned into my memory of this like but it's also just like he has this weird way that's how do i put this of making something so strange and like not even good but kind of watchable and lovable i don't know like that's kind of how i felt about this this movie yeah 100 i was like i don't know if i even like this movie but i like i can watch it like and like by the end of the movie i was like okay i hope i never watch this movie again i didn't feel like like it but I get why people have such reverence for it. And I could see like if we were grew, had grown up in the 80s or even if we had just watched this as children, I could see this being one of my favorite movies if I had, you know, that nostalgia for it. But watching it as an adult, there wasn't enough holding it together uh, that I could really latch on to. Right. And specifically, I want to talk about the ending of this film um, before before we do that. Can I just but, to yeah. throw in a quick tangent? Um the way you're talking about Terry Gilliam uh, is, is I guess how I would describe um, uh, uh, what's that filmmaker? The one that did Edward Scissorhands, um, Tim Burton, Tim Burton. Um, the, like he's kind of got this eerie tone and this kind of fantastical vision that a lot of people are captivated by. But the reason why I bring that up is because I was at a wedding on Friday and there was a child there who had taken, I don't know if it was sticks or something and was pretending to have claws and uh, they were going to take a photo of him. They're like, Oh Yeah. Uh, you're Wolverine and the kid's like no he's four years old he goes no I'm Edward Scissorhands <laughs> and it's like what? how does this four year old even know like what kind of movies are your parents letting you yeah. watch what an uh, interesting movie for a four year old to have watched that movie's got some pretty dark heavy themes including but yes <laughs> let's let's get back to time bandits um, this film is a trip when they reveal what the plot is actually about um, uh, I guess I'll go ahead and continue with it and tell them unless you wanted the honor no go ahead 
So yeah, what they reveal throughout the film is that uh, God has been chasing these dwarves. You know that from the very beginning. God, the creator of the universe. The dwarves' previous role was that they were each assigned to create different things. And they got tired of uh, creating trees and decided to instead steal the map of the universe in which God has left all of these holes, these glitches that connect two different points of time. And they're just jumping from hole to hole and finding out where they're at in the universe and then stealing something valuable and jumping into the next hole. They found out that there's this place in the universe called the, the the Fortress of Ultimate Evil that has something super valuable there. They find out they've been lured there by the person, by basically he is the devil. Um, and they go there, get captured, and attempt to steal their map back and get away. And they're basically jump through time, have this big ultimate battle where they pull all these different warriors through time, like Bowman from, I don't even know what culture it was. Um yeah i'm not sure yeah knights from like medieval france and a tank a tank from like world war ii and the devil makes quick work of all of it and then as he's powering up to kill them all uh gets turned to stone by god (laughs) yeah it was pretty i was like okay (laughs) what are we we doing here and then Uh, god yeah go ahead go ahead just in general, the, the ending of this movie was so strange to me. Like, I mean, we don't have to, I don't need to go play by play on it to just tell you that it was one of the weirdest things I've ever seen. I mean, <laughs> even the, so weird. even the part like when he wake, when the kid, after all of that happens and God's like, oh, it was all a test or whatever. And like takes the dwarves back with them, which happens so quickly. Like, it was just sort of like, wow, there's no denouement there at all. It just like, hap- like snap your fingers. All right, later we're out. And then he wakes up and his house is on fire. The kid wakes up. Sounds on fire. Fireman is race- rescuing him. That fireman, Sean Connery, um, and then, and then, his parents explode. <laughs> yep, his parents die. I, I took that as a uh, kind of a messaging that they were like obsessed with their gadgets and technology and stuff, and that it came back to bite them. Like they were so focused on it in the beginning of the movie, you know. And then, yeah, like, it was interesting also that the the evil the evil beings plan was to like embrace computers and the internet. <laughs> like he was like, right. He was talking mm-hmm. about computers and microchips. And then like, that was like, he, he's like, Oh, you have no idea what this all can be used for. I was like, wow, Terry Gilliam prescient. That's like really impressive. Like foresight there. Like, yeah. I can't believe which, which I think would play for a really interesting story in a remake. Like 1981. He, he saw was that like, yeah, computers are the problem. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, or, can be used for evil i was like wow damn goddamn you're good man. yeah you nailed it that's um, exactly right yeah yeah uh, the i just had something there the yeah i think that that would be great in a remake like to make that more of a focal point in the storyline of him doing something with that you know well i think now it's kind of hacked to just be like oh computers are the evil you know what i mean but for 1981 man like genuinely i was like wow good call, i bro. can't believe the, the like, other how thing much was, he nailed this yeah the other thing was that kind of backs up that whole uh the technology was bad thing you know and that they got too down the obsession with technology was the the slughorn what was that guy's name slughorn from Jim broadband yeah 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 so he was in their tv like entrancing them that's right that is him i the whole time i was like who is that yeah he's so, so young in this so he's in the television in the beginning where the parents are not paying attention to their son and are just telling him to shut up and go to bed and he's like selling some stupid kitchen product and then later, he uses him as his bait for the dwarves in the Castle of Ultimate Evil or whatever. And I thought to myself, like, it's a, it's a narrative about how technology can be um, c- consuming and evil and, like, you know, to be wary of it. And then at the end, sure enough, boom, evil toaster. <laughs> enjoy uh enjoy child services <laughs> yeah i just can't believe that we follow this character as the main character throughout this whole movie and then at the end his parents explode in he front never of wanted him. to go home remember he wanted i was to like stay yeah but Greece. still jesus christ yeah, well, that's it, dark yeah, i've never seen anything like that before completely yeah i was like what just happened i was like oh he's dreaming it's another it's another dream or whatever he's gonna wake up and instead 
they just roll up our planet in a map of the universe and it ends and i'm like okay that was a twisted ending that you don't see very often just imagine like uh macaulay culkin and home alone being like no i don't really want him to ever come back like no no, it's macaulay culkin his parents show up and the robbers shoot him in the head in front of him and then the movie ends (laughs) and he's like (laughs) and he's just like thank god i can do this forever now (laughs) yeah that was crazy Um, that was crazy crazy yeah insane um yeah i don't know so one of the things that we're going to do with this new format is is i want to i'm going to have us ask a question or or like a very specific pointed thing that we have to figure out associated with the movie and this week brian what was it that we were going to figure out so uh, two questions one is more of a hypothetical fun one which is if we were the dwarves and we were we had the map where would we go in history to maximize our theft? And then two uh, would be, um, you know, just your general thoughts on uh, the potential for a modern day remake. Um, so if we want to start with that first one, does anyone have any uh, thoughts about where we should focus our attention on a time jump to go steal some loot? Yeah, so I have a very specific one that I think is very good. So one thing about time travel that I think about a lot um, is how far back in time you could go without getting found out that you are time travel or like getting yourself into trouble. Right. Like, cause you don't want to go like too far back because they're not going to be speaking the same way that you are, or, you know, like whatever, there's just going to be too many logical inconsistencies that people are going to struggle with you and it's going to cause you problems. English won't exist for sure. Yeah. Right, right, right. So I'm thinking that we go back to the uh, early nineties kill jeff bezos and invent amazon that's my heist because you're going back you know, 30 years yeah exactly and i'm just yeah just killing jeff bezos then you get to live through this time period but with that kind of money you know what i mean mm-hmm. i want to fly to space in a dick-shaped rocket are you kidding me that sounds awesome let's do it um so yeah so that's my so, so your your plan involves us going back in time committing murder and yes. then and then recreating his company from the ground up. Like we'd have to actually run a business and stay in that time period. All we got to do is have the idea. That's it. And then we got to work long ass hours until we get established. And then we're the most hated man on the planet. (laughs) Do you not already work long ass hours? Uh, No, not really. I work eight hour shifts and go home. Yeah, I mean, the entire point this. of this heist, Brian, I mean, there's, there's a Key and Peele skit that's coming to mind about a guy who wants to rob a bank by getting a job there. And he's like, every <laughs> every day that we work, they pay that's us right. money. And he's like, when do we rob it? And he's like, that's the beauty of it. They don't even know they're being robbed. That's <laughs> like, motherfucker, that's, exactly. that's called a job. <laughs> <laughs> that is exactly what that suggestion was. So here, here's my thought. No, nope, it's a heist. Mine's of, the best one. Instead of just moving back to the 1990s and stealing someone else's business idea, why don't we just go back to like the Lighthouse of Alexandria, steal one scroll and sell it for a infinite amount of money to me. How do you authenticate that? Yeah. Well, they, they have their own ability to authenticate. The go and watch that stuff. this uh, documentary on Netflix called Murder Among the Mormons. It really puts into question, like, we could probably just, I've, like, replicate. I've uh, seen that documentary. It's very good. We uh, could just forge ourselves yeah. some documents. That's that, exactly that, what that guy did was, like, I'm just going to create, so, like, old books of Mormon. And and people bought it. Yeah. People, they literally went through FBI authentication. Yeah. And, they didn't have the and techniques the FBI was like, yeah, them. this is real. Yeah. <laughs> it was fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. But he the, here's the honestly, thing. We're stealing an authentic document. So there is no point where we get caught for fraud. Like it's a real piece of paper that they'd be able to authenticate through whatever means they need to. Let's well, just get caught no, for you, fraud. Brian, that's not true because what they would be looking for is the damage of a time of thousands of years. But the document that you'd be holding would only be like 10 years old. Mm, no. Because we're removing it from the time stream. That's not wrong. No, what well, if hold on. They can you date, took they can, it they can and hide it in a specific place that only we know about, then we go back. We would just to say that, that we found it perfectly preserved in some cave and time didn't touch it for thousands of years and here you Some go. cave that was absent of air and Or or can we steal an object that would be a little bit harder to uh you know, just disregard as fraud? Like is there something like uh I don't know. Um, so like a statue of Zeus, you know, like where they're like, all right, that looks pretty real, you know, or the Mona Lisa while he's painting it, <laughs> the, orig- the original but, Gutenberg Bible. 
the Mona Lisa yeah. has value because Leonardo DiCaprio like authenticated it was like I Leonardo DiCaprio wrote did it <laughs> Leonardo da Vinci authenticated so it as this thing that he painted it became famous and then was put on display if you steal it before it gets put on display it doesn't have any value actually it's famous because of how many times it's been stolen it wasn't even a very famous painting until it got stolen in the i I can't even remember how long ago but it got stolen and was missing for a really long time and then that's what brought it attention is because they basically had wanted posters out with pictures of the mona lisa all over france and like europe and so so many people saw that painting that once it was recovered and put on display people were like oh that super famous painting is up on display. So actually get it getting stolen was the best thing that ever happened to it. So we would just be making the Mona Lisa more famous by being the ones that robbed it. So what I'm hearing is the main problem we'd run into is anything that we steal and return to our time would escape the wear of time. And therefore we would have it thrown out as fraud and not benefit. From or it. So what or we need is to find gold. You need something that has a val- like it has intrinsic value, not something yep. that has value based on its age, right? So like old gold and new gold are the same, right? So, but we'd have to steal more of it, right? We'd have to steal yeah. tons of it. So, uh, yeah. and how are we transporting all that? That's what I'm wondering. Well, they just rolled it up into a blanket and carried it around. Yeah, Problem which solved. is crazy to me. <laughs> Problem solved. <laughs> oh man, uh, that scene! That scene where they throw the net. The ogre's wife throws, or he throws the net over the boat and then she just grabs it and yanks them all up <laughs> i was dying that was an um, impressive feat of strength that they just glossed over <laughs> i uh what about going back to like the the 20s and um and going to africa and laying claim on all the diamond mines that De Beers corporation owns what about that one exactly? once again you're proposing that we stay in that time period and establish a business well, it's yeah. worse than that. He wants to just teleport to the president and own all of the, the children labor that is currently yeah. supporting the diamond I industry. S- I want to steal exclusively from impoverished African nations. However, you do bring up a good point that our money would go further back then. A thousand dollars is something uh, that- our money will be worth yeah. nothing because nothing. money oh, has yeah, changed so exist. significantly. We'd have to somehow find a way to get money from that time period. Mm. Sell your cell phone. When you get there to somebody and just tell them it's some which <laughs> it won't work. You no sell your cell phone here, then. transfer no, your transfer your dollars into something that's interchangeable there, like gold or silver. Go back in time, exchange that gold and or silver for whatever that nation's modern currency is, and then hope you have enough to be able to fund whatever expedition you're trying to fund. So all of these things require us to stick around, which is a problem for me because I don't want to live in the 1920s. Um. You know, so I'm picturing uh, we we go steal Van Gogh's ear and we sell that. No, I'm just kidding. Hey, by the way, he was alive in like the 50s, right? Night in the 1950s. Yeah, isn't Van Gogh like kind of modern? Uh, That's gonna blow everyone's mind because I'm pretty sure he lived in the 1900s. I'm sure he lived in the 1900s, but I don't know. So his ear is still out there somewhere. That has not de- decomposed yet. For the record. Here's what we do. Here's what we do. All right. We he take died in 1890, actually. Here's here's what we do, guys. Okay. You take the, the, the books that have been completed from the Game of Thrones, from, from the Song of Ice and Fire, and you go back <laughs> and you give it to George R. R. Martin all the way back at the beginning when he still had the passion to finish the franchise, and you say, this is where you left off. I want you yeah. to just release this on an annual schedule and start writing the books now. Yeah, I'm from Starting a future with the where you one. have ruined all of our lives through your complacency. <laughs> I want you to just, here you go, pick up where you left off, and then once you finish the actual books that you want to finish and tell the story right. that you want to tell, then you can release them on an annual schedule. Right. Now and, you and, have 40 years to not finish Winds of Winter instead of yes. you know, the 10 or so that you're currently running in my future. Yeah. Um. Let's see. What else could we do? Who else could we steal from? I just, I'm just trying to picture. The moment we can get something that that comes across as authentic in modern day, it's going to be worth a fortune. So we just need to steal some kind of object that they'd be like, oh yeah, there's no doubt that's real. And we can sit there all day and be like, you can authenticate it through whatever means necessary. It's the real thing. I'm not going to tell you how I got it. I just have it. That's what I'm saying. We just got to steal something from back then hide it in a specific place, then come back to modern times, I think that reclaim is the it, and then but, yeah. sell it. But where could you put something where you know thousands of years later it would still be there? In like a grave. 
probably. They don't disturb graves very often. We just have to go find like a grave site that's super old, dig up the body, dump it somewhere, put the the loot in there. Defile bodies. Defile corpses. Who gives a shit? They're dead. I don't care. Um, We'd be anti-grave robbers for the first part. What if we... We'd actually be putting value into the grave. I mean, what if what if grave robbing was the uh, solution? I just listened to a dollop called Lincoln's Body, in which someone tried to steal Lincoln's body and hold it to ran- hold it for ransom in 1875. We, what if we just we stole the most to... prominent historical figure ever? Yeah. And uh, we wouldn't even need to time travel at that point. We just go do that today. Actually, yeah, fuck it. I'm down to steal Lincoln's body. I was literally Honestly, standing. I'm on down Charles to just Darwin's get into some crime. Like a month ago, so. Yeah, we could do like the Indiana Jones thing where like we wait for the librarian to be stamping and we just like break through the ground and then just steal <laughs> perfect yeah synchronization to without sure being able to see the librarian or have any idea that that's what he's doing. Yeah, <laughs> I just watched that the other night. But it's a great movie, but that's a bit dumb. <laughs> I still like that. And he just keeps looking at his stamp like, "What the yeah. fuck?" That's very good, very funny. Uh, um. Yeah, so uh, so we've solved it. We're gonna scrap the time travel part of it. We're just gonna go rob a grave. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the the big the solution. That and then um, the Bezos thing. I think we do both of those things, and then uh, we do the time travel, commit the murder, then come back and rob a grave, and we'll already be rich, so no one will suspect us. And then we go back and we fund starting a company where we just oh, get our ninety five. There you go. Yeah. And we start Amazon. Yeah. How about we go back in time? Ransom Lincoln's body, start kill Jeff Bezos, put his body in Lincoln's coffin. You know what I mean? Rebury it. No one will ever know. And then we use that money to start Amazon. There we go. And we don't name it Amazon, though. We'd have to name it like Serengeti or something just to be different. (laughs) Or, uh, I don't know. (laughs) I couldn't think of anything. Yeah. Let's not name it after a, a very famous river. Let's name it after a very famous desert. Um. Yeah, just to be original. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's move on. That was the movie. It was fine. I if you're an '80s kid and you really love that movie, we don't mean to shit on it. It was crazy, but <laughs> it was freaking you know, insane. I hope you liked it. I high recommend from all three of us. Yeah, we all loved it. Um, let's talk about uh, two TV shows that are going to be coming out. One, the first episode will be airing tonight, and then. The other in, I think, two weeks from now, right? Yep. Um, and, and here's the thing. Rings of Power ends like a week sooner than... Uh, did I just spoil House the show? Sorry. You didn't mention them yet, had you? No, it's fine. We, I mean, it's pretty clear. Yeah, it's House of the Dragon on HBO, which is the Game of Thrones universe show. And Rings of Power on Amazon, which is Lord of the Rings universe. Uh, coming out in the same time period. We'll be running around the same time. However, I think Rings of Power is... The finale is a week sooner than House of the Dragon or something. So I'm not really sure how they're swinging that with uh, starting afterwards. But less episodes, I'm not sure. Yeah. Who I mean, it is like the most expensive television show of all time. Um, so it wouldn't be surprising to me if they were like, let's uh, let's make this only a couple episodes. Um, so what are we looking for from... So I'm, I'm in the final season of Game of Thrones, the original Song of Ice and Fire right now re-watching it um and not we weren't doing it in honor of house of the dragon or anything like that we just have had a lot of downtime and we we're like we need a show that we know is good that we can kind of put on in the background it's okay if we miss a couple episodes um from falling asleep or whatever so we threw on game of thrones um we all know how brian feels about how game of thrones ended up but do we have high hopes for house of the dragon i mean I don't know. I, I think my my expectations are pretty low right now. I'm just kind of going in, just being like, if it grabs me, it grabs me. If not, then I'm not going to watch it. I guess is where my head's at with it. I how are you guys feeling? Am nervous. Um, one of the best things about Game of Thrones was it is probably one of the best attempts at this multi-character attempt at storytelling where you have six or eight different plot lines that are constantly taking up screen time so many characters that you genuinely care about because they're so well written and all of that writing was coming directly from this author who had spent decades thinking about how each one of these events was going to turn out and exactly how it was going to come out this is a brand new concept based on the same world written by not the same person um and it's focused on, I believe, one specific continent of that world. So I just don't know how many 
parallel plot lines we're going to get. And I think that the there's no way you make this show without comparing it to the original. And I don't think this one's going to have the ability to succeed in the same way that the previous one did. So I guess my I'm trying to keep my expectations as low as possible. Um, I'm going to watch it and I'm going to try and keep my mind open, but uh, I don't have super high hopes. So I am going to have an interesting answer here because I've been so negative on Game of Thrones since we started recording this podcast. I am suddenly starting to get hyped for it a little bit because I've just been seeing review after review that has said that it's knocking it out of the park already. Um, like the first episode, wowed people. I don't know if you guys are seeing the same kind of feedback, but um, no, I've been avoiding trailers. I've been like, I've just been like trying to stay away from it sure. as much as possible since like that first trailer came out. That's the only one I've watched because I'm like, just I don't want to go in with any like preconceived notions yeah. or anything. And, like that. and I've like, been on care. the fence and hesitant, uh, similar to Jeff up until now but last few days i've just seen some some quick review stuff i haven't read into it i don't know anything that happens or anything but just just from headlines people, or whatever yeah just just stuff that yeah i was just going through reddit where there's been some pretty impressive feedback for it and i will say this uh one argument i did see that um has got me kind of thinking about it different is uh it's based off source material that is started and finished and that was a huge problem with game of thrones is they hit a point where there was no source material to draw from anymore and you can see a notable decrease in quality from that moment on um, in the Game of Thrones series. This one, it's completely self-contained storyline that is done. So I'm not as worried about that aspect of it. And to be honest with you, yeah, Game of Thrones, one of the big appeals was you, and anyone watching could enjoy a different part of the show for a different reason. And it didn't affect anyone else's viewing experience and everyone could enjoy it together. Um, but it did lead to some problems where they had so many different, like I'm just picturing that episode where the White Walkers are attacking Winterfell and we've got like four different main characters that everyone has come to know and love and had all these crazy arcs and they're all getting swarmed by zombies. And I'm like, oh my God, all this stuff's happened, but they all had become fan favorites for different reasons and then none of them got killed off and like there was just all these really messy, rushed conclusions to their storylines that... You know, like they were protected by the writing, but then, you know, like their stuff ended weekly and I just, I'd be okay with them kind of like toning that down a little bit, focusing on a few less characters and, you know, having more robust start and finishes to their, to their arcs. Um, so I've suddenly got excited. I've been kind of uh, refreshing HBO to see if they'll post the episode early because I soon remember other ones have. You know, um, I think it's 7 p.m. They'll it posts for yeah. So for you, um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I will say this: I I did try to fire up uh, my favorite episode of Game of Thrones the other night, uh, Hard Home. Mm, just watched it. Um, and the reason being, I believe the director of this entire series, House of the Dragon, uh, directed Hard Home. Battle of the Bastards and one other episode that oh the bells is that Alan Taylor or I don't remember but I, I just saw something about how this director knocked out some of the biggest and best episodes that I ever saw in Game of Thrones and um, I was like okay like that's lending some credibility to this as well because that person's work in the original series was not what I was complaining about so if they're doing this entire uh, series um, I, I'll allow myself to trust again a little bit. Um, however, so I just looked it up. His name is Miguel Sapochnik. 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 I don't know. Something like that. One of those. Um, he's a pretty prolific television director. He's directed a lot, and he directed um, The Gift and Hard Home in season five, Battle of the Bastards and the Winds of Winter in season six, and The Long Night. And so he did the, the Bells in which, Game of Thrones. Which even the Long Night episode, which I just shit on. Um, has some moments with some redeeming qualities that are cool. It's just I'm more than anything, I just kind of wish they'd shot it in a little bit of a brighter view. But, yeah. Um, um, he's also he's the showrunner and executive producer of this series. So he's so he's basically the person in the kind of like uh, sure. So not director, but he's in charge. Be Weiss and uh, Benioff or whatever they like what they were doing. Showrunners, you know, kind yeah. of like over yeah over our game. They make the calls on what happens. And, yeah, right, exactly. So so yeah, so it, that to me was like okay. I feel like if I had to pick someone from the Game of Thrones series to lead this one, that's who I would have picked based on that resume. 
Um, and so I, I'm excited for it. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how the first episode comes tonight. Although I do withhold the right to um, delete HBO from my devices if they do the same thing to me again. <laughs> Completely. In, in 10 years? Will remove all traces of HBO from my devices if they yeah. burn me again. The thing is, they're going to have to come out swinging with this. You know what I mean? Because Game of Thrones, for being such a massive success for so long burned its its success to the ground with that final season like so it made so many people upset that like i can't believe that they got us like a, a prequel series based off of you know what i mean like i can't believe that hbo was able to do it um but they really are gonna have like kind of a hard time i think or not a hard time but they're gonna have some like ground to make up right so hopefully they hopefully they you know nail it um i would like i love fantasy tv like i think it's it's like my favorite so um yeah hopefully they come out with it i uh i'm interested to see what it, what it does but tentatively excited i'd say so let's talk about rings of power quickly hold on can we uh, brian your episode of of game of thrones is hard home and not the uh the watchers on the wall i'm kind of shocked by that uh, those are well. So here, let me say this: I, I didn't get Gren, to. I didn't, if they get through, yeah. they won't. They won't. Yeah, I love that episode. That's. A I point. really, really, really wish that we had even gotten just a moment of them fighting that giant. I really wish yeah. that, like, yeah, I just like you. that's such a like. If they just had their budget that they had at the end of the series, we totally would have got it, and it would have been cool. Yeah, I would really like to see that battle. So I will say this: um, I put it on. I didn't get to mention this part yet, but they. I, I didn't even make it to the fight with the White Walker or anything. Basically, I, I think it was a mistake firing it up without having watched all the way up to it because all the other storylines that were going on, it was just not connected to. And it was just like, I know what happens and I, I don't have a re-stoked like emotional investment in any of this stuff. So I was pretty disconnected from the episode by the time it even got to the North where they're all yelling at John in the tent. Like So I I didn't even make it through the episode. But, but at the same time, I'm not trying to take away from what that episode gave us. And yeah, I would argue that Watchers on the Wall probably would have been a better choice for me because it was, I think, the first episode where they focused on one spot instead no, of No, they still, out. they do still bounce around at the beginning. And okay. I, I kind maybe, of remembered it as being all there as well. Yeah, but no, maybe they, it's most of the do. episode because it's such a long shot of them fighting. And maybe that would have been a better choice or Battle of the Bastards, although I'll never understand how John just rushed out there by himself whatever anyway uh so super excited about it rings of power go ahead well what are we what are we thinking i mean i've already made my my thoughts clear i'm walking into this i know that the internet has been like really down on amazon for making this and like really kind of critical of all of their decisions because those original movies are so beloved but to be honest man it's been such a long time since those came out and like I love Middle Earth and like I'm I'm I just I'm 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 actually very excited about Rings of Power. I think it looks really good. All the production shots that I've seen, all of the the uh, footage that I've seen, which I've been trying to limit it as much as possible so that it doesn't overly, you know, spoil cool moments. But I uh, I think it looks really good. Probably the highest quality looking film or like a TV footage I've ever seen. Um, I. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything really about the story that they're trying to tell, except for that it seems that evil is just beginning to spread across Middle Earth. Maybe we'll get Morgoth. Um, maybe we'll just get the birth of Sauron. I'm not really sure. Um, those two are relatively linked, but um, I don't know. Does anyone have any like specific things they're hoping to see from this, or are they just walking into this with uh, some excitement? Um. I'm going in blind. I don't really like trying to, I mean, with, with today's filmmaking, Tyler and I, you and I have talked to this before, but um, today's filmmaking practices are so highly publicized and people watch these, the production of these content so critically um, that they're able to really piece together exactly what's going to happen before a single second even airs. And that find that really disturbing. Um, I find that really breaks the enjoyment of the entire point of what those people are spending millions of dollars to create um just for someone to feel i don't know 
powerful for 10 seconds on internet fame to be able to say, hi, I figured out what they're doing. Um, so I, I, I know you and I, Tyler, have, have very characteristically tried to go in blind to many things. So I'm going as blind as I can. Uh, I have no idea if Sauron's already a thread or, or who we're going to be following or how. I've seen some very few still frames of some characters inside. I, I've heard very few things like certain characters like Elrond and Galadriel are likely going to make a performance or have been cast or something. I don't know. I'm excited. Um, I fully suspect them to take more reverence than the Hobbit films because I did not enjoy those at all. And I really wish that... Uh, this is at least at a similar caliber to the Lord of the Rings films because I can watch those on repeat. Yeah, I just want it to be its own thing. That's what I really want from this. I want it to not be that version of Middle Earth. I feel like I've gotten enough of that Middle Earth and I don't like, as long as they don't try to tie it too much or like reference those films too much, I think I'll be happy because just leave those movies out of it and do your own thing with it. And let right. this be like a separate envisioning and I'll be happy with it. Just like I can really go back and watch the eighties, Michael Keaton, Batman movies. And then I can go and watch the Christopher Nolan, Batman movies. And then I can go and watch right. the new completely Batman different experiences. Movie. And it, like it doesn't, none of those are like, well in this movie, like it's completely different interpretations. I just, I want that to be the case for this move or for this show. And I want them to just, I just want it to be good. That's all I care about because I just want more fantasy TV. I, that's all I care about is just like having these worlds of escapism that I get to go and just be like, yeah, elves are sick. Their sword fighting is cool. You know, whatever. That's that's what I'm the most interested in. I completely agree. Um, I I will say I I'm excited to see how these shows play out running at the same time. Like I, I, and I'm kind of appreciative that it's happening because I, I just feel like there's a, a glimmer of hope that I have that we're going to look back and be like, how amazing was it that we got both of those at the same time? Like we just got so much of that stuff, that content in a short span that, you know, we can look back on and be like, man, I, I appreciated that for just what we were getting. Now, let me ask you in Lord of the Rings, there are in the original trilogy, there are some characters that look young, but are very, very old. And we know that in this one, Galadriel's gonna be a, a young woman in, in a focus, Elrond. What about um, other characters, you know, that are old? I mean, like uh, in The Hobbit, we see Legolas come back and we're like, what the hell? It's like he's the same dude from the other one. It's just, it's almost what jarring the hell? He's see. older than he was in a hundred years. <laughs> yeah. It's almost jarring to see one of our characters from the other trilogy be a part of the other one and you know and play some kind of a role um do well, we and see they that shouldn't have because he's like a bit player like he shows up and has a conversation in the hobbit and then in the like, book he's in the book yeah right yeah in the book yeah he should not have movie, been featured so prominently that was a mistake no that was very one of the upsetting. big complaints i have as well let me very ask you what about me. what about that same kind of thing playing out in this in this uh prequel what do you mean? So having Orlando Bloom back or is that what How about you're saying? Like a beardless young Gandalf walking around. Uh, yeah. Orlando Gandalf Bloom is a little always toddler. had a beard. I think I, Brian, I, I think the way you're going to lose us is, do you want it to be the same cast? No, I, it's no, no, more no, the no, same no, no, no. characters. Like, are we trying to like, are we already, I'm know okay it? with them being doing Gandalf, but to be honest, I don't really want them to, I made it already very clear. I want the blue wizards to be the main wizards in this, in this, uh, in this series, because they are not really touched on in any of Tolkien's writings that were ever released and published. Right. So like, just kind of like referenced, but they like went East and they did their own shit. Um, so I would really like for them to be the prominent wizards in this because, or Radagast would be okay because his, ver the version that we got in the Hobbit sucked. So I'd like for them to actually do like a kind of a cool version of Radagast, but I don't really need Saruman in there. I don't really need Gandalf no. in there, but I, I want them to I feel not like, be in it is my point because yeah, I'll, well, I, I honestly, don't want to see a Stranger Things version of the old people that we get in the other one where suddenly we're watching them as young people save the day. Like, I, like we need a little bit of a removal and to your point, this needs to be its own thing. It needs to stand apart. And so to recycle a bunch of the characters and just make them younger is not going to accomplish that. Right. Yeah. I think that the, them having these wizards that have not been touched on very much, but we know they exist. So they're in canon. So they can expand on them and not really step on anybody's toes or, be, you know, get people being like, you know, they wouldn't do that or whatever. 
I mean, I think that that's a, it's a good opportunity that they, you know, should grasp onto. And hopefully they're not just like, oh, here's our Gandalf and it's Patrick Stewart or something, you know? Um, I, uh, yeah, I would appreciate it if they did something like that, but we'll see. Um, I would also like for them to do, um, to focus on some of the weirder things in, uh, in Middle Earth like Tom Bombadil and like other like kind of just like strange just like things that exist in the world that they didn't really have the space to do in the in the movies I want to see right? more ant stuff like yeah that would be that cool would be too. really cool because they've touched on how they the used ants. to be this glorious group you know or whatever yeah, there's just a lot of stuff in uh, in Lord of the Rings in Middle Earth that they, they really need to touch on. Also, just quickly on Game of Thrones, there is one thing that I am hoping, and I've been saying it since this series, since I've, this rewatch of the original series. Um, I really hope that they give more, like we see more of like the rest of Westeros, like Dorne, because Dorne got like really shortchanged in this series. Like it, the shit that they, they just didn't have time to to really like dive into it. And I think Dorne is like a really cool location. It's so different from the rest of Westeros, you know? Um, well, in, I, and I really hope that they get better. Important to note, the Targaryens only ever conquered six kingdoms. And Dorne somehow repelled that rule mm-hmm. and stayed independent until they decided to join. Yeah. So I think that would be fun to explore how they did that and what their civilization was like at the time. I think that's a good I call. Agree. Yeah. Um, cool. Well, do you guys want to move on to what's clever? Sure. Or did you have any any thoughts, any final thoughts on the TV shows? Uh, I'm ready. No, we're good. Cool. What have you guys been watching, reading, listening to this week? Jeff? Yeah. Uh, not watching much. Honestly, I've been traveling a lot and just kind of busy with life. Um, but I have been reading... I broke down. I have a, a coworker of mine that said I need to read the um, My Hero Academia manga because the manga gets pretty insane compared to where the TV show left off, and I'm tired of waiting for the new season. So I bought all of the manga volumes that are out there, and I am currently reading my way through them, and they were right. This shit's insane. I'm glad I did it, um, and I might start buying more and more of them because uh, of, of different anime that I follow that uh, – have manga continuations because uh, I'm really enjoying this um, and I'm already an average comic reader so it's not too much of a jump um, and in return I'm going to get my coworker into reading comics um, cool yeah other than that I don't think I've been doing too much I don't think I've watched or watched any television or movies that are super relevant I am going to today go see the new Dragon Ball Z movie that's out in theaters I didn't even know there was a new Dragon didn't, Ball Z yeah, movie. Didn't know cool. that. I was I had it kind of bookmarked to just watch the Hulu one, one night by myself or something. But that's about it. Cool, uh, Brian. You've been watching, reading, listening to anything uh, exciting. So Anna and I recently completed uh, a complete uh, watch through of the Indiana Jones movies, including Crystal Skull, which still holds up. Um, that one gets a bad rap because of some it's bad. It's a bad movie <laughs> a few a few questionable decisions uh the the monkey vine swinging thing with Shia LaBeouf uh, questionable decision. unforgivable questionable decision there um actually that's about it otherwise it's a great movie um, aliens as the main antagonist okay so we need to Indiana talk Jones jumping into a fridge getting nuked and surviving with no fine, no fine a single it. fucking I've done repercussion that no I've done that myself that one that one's yeah. real I was uh, there when he did it. It was real. Yeah, we were both in that fridge. Yeah. Lead lined. Yeah, we're good. You didn't know that. Good fridge. Whatever. Anyway, um, the the I was going to draw a problem with that as well, but when I watched through all of them in succession, I realized that is typical Indiana Jones for them to completely embrace whatever mysticism or magic or extraterrestrial explanation they have for whatever he's chasing down. The Temple of Doom, the dude's chanting and just ripping hearts out of chess with very little effort. Um, they're they're possessing people with some some juice. Uh, in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the Ark is real. Like, how did he not just immediately find faith in that moment? Like, the Ark just <laughs> evaporates a bunch of people at the end. Like, it is all real. The Last Crusade, he meets a dude that's like 900 years old and cures his dad with some water. 
out of the, out of the actual grail that he holds in his hand like they embrace it every step of the way so for you to draw an issue with the fact that aliens are real like indiana jones just accepts that all those things exist in the same universe and it's just all part of it and yet this guy still comes in with this jaded uh realistic viewpoint yeah. even though he's, he's seen scully. proof he's agent scully yeah he has seen he's proof just like i don't know i don't know about again. this if i if i had gone through what he'd gone through i would literally be a catholic priest like fully embracing of everything <laughs> like i'd be like yeah it's all well, real. i think I'm... his point is that all of it is real so none of it matters i think that's why sure his whole but thing i'm is. saying then you can't but... you can't draw an issue with the alien thing without drawing an issue with the ark of the covenant or the holy grail or dude uh with the, or the shankara stones and dude popping hearts out of chests like it's i all don't real i don't draw an error uh any issue with the aliens part that's that's fine with me i don't care about that it's just i just don't think it's a good movie i think that it's really campy and it looks weird like the like it doesn't look like a very good like it looks like it was filmed on like weird sets like it was filmed in a closet the whole time way too much cgi um the weird ant situation was dumb i don't i don't know i just didn't I, this movie is not good look and they take i'm the not guy, the first person to say it they take the guy from a solo story the han solo like the young guy that looked like him and they put Alden him in aaron reich they put him in shia labeouf's spot and it's a perfect movie i just want them to bring back short round especially after we saw kihai mao in i wish they'd handed it off to him and, and then we'd have something that's a little bit more diverse going forward i would have loved that like I just want him to come back in the new one, especially after everything, everywhere, all at once, and seeing how much of a wrecker he is when, oh, like, yeah. as an adult actor, oh. like he's it, so good in give that. Him, that. Let him I'm keep like, some of those skills. Everything. Let him keep some of those skills and like, like actually play it out. Like he grew up to be a total badass because he was so adventuresome as a kid. Like I'd on love his that. own, yeah, I that'd would be love sick. that. Yeah, so they a hundred percent needed him instead of Shia LaBeouf. I, I keep saying his name wrong, I'm sure, but LaBeouf, yeah. Anyway, um, so knows? that movie had some missed opportunities. I still enjoy it. Uh, aliens are real. Kiss my ass. <laughs> and then uh, the other thing I've been watching is uh, Survivor. We found out that we have access to all the seasons on Amazon. So uh, Anna and I have been throwing that on. We really enjoy that show. It's it's a lot of uh, uh, social strategy and uh, and then competitions mixed in between and, and kind of fun you know, just fun stuff. If you want something lighthearted that's kind of intriguing at the same time, something that you can differ in opinion over uh, with, you know, someone you're watching it with, uh, we really enjoy Survivor. So high recommend if you have access to Amazon. Cool. Yeah. Again, I've been home uh, a lot over the last um, four weeks. So I've been watching a lot of things. I'm not going to go into all of it, but uh, I did watch She-Hulk uh, episode one. Did either of you guys watch this? I haven't, I haven't watched it yet. No. It's on Disney+. Plus. Did that, very, also, very little interest. We never talked about Miss um, Marvel. Did any of you guys watch that? I did. Did you like it, Jeff? It was okay. It was entertaining. I enjoyed it for what it was. Um, I wouldn't say it's anywhere on par with the rest of the Disney Plus shows that I watched and we've talked about. Um, but it is entertaining. I think the ending was pretty shitty. I think what they chose to do, like what, I mean, the big twist at the end of that show was that they revealed miss marvel to be a mutant a marvel mutant and mm -hmm. um i think that's a really really poor choice to take a character that was redefined in the comics as an inhuman and was clearly a bridge for marvel to introduce the inhumans and instead be like oh no no we're just going to completely change the identity of this character into being a mutant and that's that's going to be marvel's first mutant and i was like that's i think just a poor decision given what mutants mean and given the massive roster of hundreds of mutants over the last 60 years um i didn't mind that part i didn't think it like i don't care they in, they only made miss marvel an inhuman because at the time marvel was trying to phase the attention in mutants out on the comics because they didn't own the film rights to mutants so they were trying to make inhumans cool so that they could bring the Inhumans into the movies and TV. And then they tried and that shit was trash because the Inhumans are dumb. And then, so I think that if at the time that they created Miss Marvel, uh, Kamala Khan as a character, if the mutants were still in high standing, she would have just been a, a mutant. I think that that's the case. Yeah, I think they would have done it that way. Um, and I, I think I read an interview with the creator who said something to that extent, like that's what the original plan was. And then they were like, no, 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 make her an inhuman. 
Um, so I'm I'm fine with it. Um, she Hulk episode one, it's it's totally fine. Um, it was a lot of kind of like origin story for an hour, right? So it kind of just like gave, like ramped things up, and then um, I'm interested to see where the series goes from here. I like Tatiana Maslany, um, so yeah, I think that you know I'm interested to see what what they do with it, but um wouldn't necessarily say a high recommendation um it's pretty par for the course for a lot of the marvel tv stuff first episode's kind of just like an introduction and then we'll see what happens any um, uh, any chance of them re- uh finding a way to squeeze back into the planet hulk storyline did i i sent you guys that article right that there's the people are assuming that world war hulk is coming oh, i don't know i don't know if i read it I just I didn't read the whole article. I kind of just skimmed through it. A lot of that stuff is clickbait, but people online are kind of thinking that this series is going to push us into the World War Hulk cool uh, direction. So maybe we'll get it. Who knows? Um, anyway, uh, yeah, that that's my major recommendation this week. Follow up. I'll follow up with you guys on it. See if you guys end up watching it or not. And then if not, I'll just give a quick review at the end of the series. At, at the very least, it will very likely give us a Red Hulk um, introduction with with Ross with Thunderbolt Ross. Um, yeah, they already kind of introduced the method by which uh, people get the Hulk bit, and uh, it, I'll, I'll just tell you guys, um, he's testing his blood and her blood at one point in a lab, and then he takes it and puts it in an incinerator and like blows up their blood and he's just like, it's too dangerous to get out there. You know what could happen if someone got their hands on our blood? And I was just like. Yes, I do know what would happen. <laughs> you get the abomination, you get the leader, you get the Red Hulk, like you get right. all of these different people. So, um, yeah. Anyway, cool. Let's see what happens. Um, but yeah, that's it. Any other housekeeping you guys want to bring up? Taking uh, into the movie. Batgirl got canceled. <laughs> that's good. Did you guys hear about that? No. The Batgirl movie that cost Warner Brothers eighty to ninety million dollars. They just they're not going to release it. It's done filming. It was in post-production. They did some test screenings of, of the post-production, like but while it was in post-production, got some bad results, and they were just like, never mind, we're canceling it. Good move. We're not going to put any more money into it. Good. Hey, if, why? It's, if it's crap, why would you put it out there? Don't yeah. just keep throwing already, crap out. Like It already cost them $90 million, and it was going to go on to HBO Max straight up. Like It wasn't going to be released in three theaters, but... I was excited to see Brendan Fraser as Firefly. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of bummed that they did this, but yeah, it's, it's been like this whole thing online. Given, given just the internet's success at absolutely shitting on Sony for releasing Morbius. I, I would not risk it if I was Warner Brothers. No, I think that's no, the right call. I think, I think studios need to get better at recognizing when, when they've made a turd and not putting it out there because it, for better or for worse, becomes part of the canon or whatever. And but how bad could this movie be? Now I'm like morbidly fascinated that I'm like, God, I got to see this movie now. I mean, did you, you watch Morbius? Fascinated? No, I have not watched Morbius. So and I've what is your morbid will. curiosity? If it's not going to get your ass in the theater to go see it, Warner Brothers doesn't give a damn. Yeah, you're not that curious. Yeah. That's true. That's true. I probably would have gone and I probably would have watched this if it was released on HBO Max, but... And I probably will watch Morbius once it's on something for free. But I, I, so I, I watched about 15 seconds of Morbius. Richard and I, a good friend of mine, took uh, a plane flight to uh, New Jersey for work. And he had a seat that was in front of mine. And I could see his screen. And through into, in between volumes of My Hero, I would you know look up and load the next volume. And I would look at his screen and watch his screen for like 5 to 10 seconds. I did that about three times, and at the end of the fl- the plane, I was able to describe to him the plot of the film that he'd watched. I was like, "So Morbius is about there's another guy that's also got a similar disease, and he also fights for the cure that that Michael Morbius has created. And he becomes a bad vampire that Morbius is fighting." He's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Oh, that's obviously, what do you mean? Stupid." That's obviously what was going to happen. <laughs> it's that's what Venom is. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I uh, just wanted to reveal that one piece of news and see what you guys thoughts are but it sounds like you guys are in support of warner brothers so yeah i mean i i don't disagree but i just, cancel flash. I just want to know cancel the flash movie next go ahead and throw that one in the trash oh man i really want to see that movie i really hate that ezra miller is such a piece of shit um no i don't know he, maybe he's not a piece of shit he just needs help he just needs mental help and I, it's crazy that he's not getting it at this point 
Um, anyway, or excuse me, they aren't getting it. I apologize for misgendering. But um, otherwise, thanks for listening, everybody. And Je- oh, Jeff, what's what are we watching next week? Next week, so, so I guess part of this new format that we're trying out is we're going to be doing seasons. Uh, so the season, the theme of this season is going to be time travel. And the topic that I, the, the film, I've already got the topic, but the topic is going to remain a surprise. The film that I, we're going to be discussing is Looper, one of Tyler's favorite movies. <laughs> That's not true. But You've defended the like shit out of that movie every time it comes up. I like it. It's a Top good movie, but you. it's not one of my favorites. No, probably, no, not, not even close. But it is definitely one of Ryan Johnson's best. Um, but yeah, all right, cool. Yeah, everybody out there, watch Looper. And if you have any other time travel movies that you want us to talk about, um, oh, <laughs> up. my microphone attacked me. And uh, yeah, otherwise, we'll see you guys next week talking about Looper. Thanks. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to the Clever Kids podcast. If you want more from us, be sure to follow us on social media. We're at Clever Kids Pod everywhere. Or you can get in touch with us at cleverkidspodcast at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. And be sure to rate us on whatever app you're listening on and recommend us to a friend. We really appreciate it. Or don't. Whatever's clever. <laughs>